A, B, C. A, always B, B, C, closing. Always be closing. We're cool. We're all cool here. <laughs> another, another episode of Scared Money Don't Make Money. Uh, as always, it's your favorite recruiter's favorite recruiter, your boy Cam. Uh, and I, as always, we have... Your boy, Roy, as always. Can't, He's not going to say that lie where I'm not his favorite recruiter again. You, you're, you're, the, you're, the, you're the coolest recruiter I know. You're not my favorite <laughs> recruiter. You're, not my fav- you're the coolest recruiter I know. You're full I'll of it. And, and then we have uh, Randy. I'm going to let Randy um, introduce himself here in a second just because that's obviously uh, – he knows himself best, and that's how we rock on the show. As always, click the subscribe button. Uh, you know, go to, you know, the podcast, you know, make sure you download all the time, re-listen, share with your homies, and then, you know, we can spread the message, spread the information. So, uh, Randy, if you would, please introduce yourself to the people. Sure. Uh, name is Randy. I, I guess I can't use my last name. I, we obviously are being monitored, but no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, uh, no, I, I, uh, I, I served uh, during the Vietnam era and got out and uh, went into high-tech recruiting uh, internally. And then I got out, became much more of an external recruiter. Uh, by the way, all this, if, if you haven't guessed already, all this is in uh, Silicon Valley, what have you. Um, mm. And I made a very good living. Uh, and I was primarily retained versus an employment agency, uh, mm. which is they get paid on filling the job. And I got paid money up front to go find somebody. Uh, then I, and after 30 years of that, I decided that I would become uh, a career coach, which is what I'm doing today, full-time. And I'm enjoying it a lot. And lot, there's there a lot of challenges out there right now. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, um, so you're actually, you're, so you're our first guest that has um, worked uh, for the most part retained. You know, as you know, most That's people correct. these days are, most people these days are a lot, you know, they do a lot of contingency. Um and then so uh, for those of you that don't know or you haven't picked up, contingency is when obviously you getting paid is contingent on you filling the job order. <laughs> and then retained, what Randy was doing is when, um, like he said, the company brings you in and they actually pay you, they pay you some of the money up front to help you with the search. And then they sometimes will pay you all the money, but other times, most of the time, as far as I've seen, they'll pay you a portion of it and then you get the rest of it once you've actually filled the job order. And then, um, you know, there's, a, there's other things that can go down the rabbit hole. If you don't fill the job, did you provide out, you know, did you provide um, good candidates that just didn't like them? You know, did you not provide any candidates? So obviously those are other situations that are more uh, specific to whatever, whatever scenario you might be going through at that moment. So um, if you wouldn't mind, how did you get into recruiting to begin with? Sure. Well, uh, the truth be known in the military, I ran an officer's club for two years. I was trained to do that. I had profit and loss responsibility at age 22. Uh, I really enjoyed that a lot. Uh, <laughs> but I had to hire my staff. You know, I had turnover in staff, and I had to learn how to do that. And I really enjoyed the hiring process. I oh, can't okay. tell you anything more than that. And then when I got <laughs> when I got out, of, I, I actually I actually hired a coaching. Uh, I hired a coaching outfit. And did a lot of internal work, et cetera. And they, they thought that I would be, uh, I had all the, uh, the instincts, would have you, uh, the energy, the smarts, whatever to do, to do recruiting. And so that's yeah. where I went. So in a way, I think that coaching 
company for um, kind of it was expensive at the time. I mean, Lord, uh, but uh, I'm, I, I'm glad. No, I'm, I'm grateful. Money. <laughs> Our yeah. last guest, I last guest hired a coach, and that's what he was saying when he was first thinking about spending the money on a coach. Is he's like, you know, when you think about it, it's stupid amount of money. <laughs> it is a lot of money. Oh, it can be. But I see it, but, it as an invest. I, I see it as an investment, Kim. But, correct. No, and that's what he did. He he went through, the, and that's what he was well, saying. Is you know his initial thought obviously was, oh my gosh, there's so much money. But same thing as as I think Roy and I have told people too is, you know, you'll invest in all these other dumb things every day of the week. Like why would you not spend money to invest in yourself? Yeah. Uh, you know, and and same thing. Our last guest, Mark said, is it it paid off. 10 tenfold you know what what he what he did to have somebody help him really line up what he was trying to do yeah you know we spend somebody who didn't have a life figured out that we spend ninety thousand of our adult lives in, in in our whole life working and like you just said cameron uh uh they spend money on you know on other things uh you know doctors lawyers chiropractors all of that financial advisors but what's the what's the biggest investment of your time it's your job mm-hmm you know, aren't you going to pay? Aren't, in my case, aren't you going to pay attention to that? Yeah, it's kind of important uh, to be motivated, to be learning, uh, you know, supporting a family. Uh, oof, you know, I can't imagine working at something for sixty years the whole time, saying I can't wait till I retire because I can do what I really want. I mean, that's sad. Yeah. Ah, ooh, yeah. I like it. I like uh, it. I, I, I like it. I like write it. that down. Yeah, yeah. You know, Rose, Rose, yeah. are note takers. So, like, yeah, I'm, I'm the. Not- as you see, okay. I'm the one that like contacts people and I put all the social media stuff out. Roy's like, uh, he's my thinker. He's the thinker right. in the group. And, and, and with that, so I, I want to go back to the answer you said. You said you like the hiring process. I did. Um, so I actually want to go back on like, what about the hiring process did you like? Like what made that enjoy? Because as recruiters, some people dread it. So what made you enjoy it? Well, if you're recruiting, you dread hiring. I wouldn't be a recruiter, right? <laughs> <laughs> but but um, no, I, I think uh, I enjoyed meeting new people. And I, I had a fascination with uh, putting team, helping to put, not putting it myself, but putting teams together that mm-hmm. work. And I, I, it was just something I like to do. And I turned out that I, I got to be very good at it. But I was highly motivated and I got that I won't say thrilled, but I got highly motivated by it. And I looked forward to going to work every day. Now that wasn't true my entire career, but for a while, uh, you know, I, I was, I had, I had a, some good luck, but I liked reading people. Um, I like, I like, as opposed to selling a tangible, I was selling an intangible, mm-hmm. which is a human being, you know? Yeah. I like that. And that's, yeah. I think that's something we've all, we've talked about too, as far as the tangible and intangible. Because you know, obviously, I'm sure we've all been approached by people who sell certain things. They're like, "Man, you would do great if you sold this or sold that." And I'm sure we've all been like, "Yeah, but that has I have no interest in that." Like it. Yeah, I mean, yes, I'm a good salesman or recruiter, but ultimately, I I kind of got to be passionate about what I'm selling to somebody. <laughs> yeah, and, and and with that, because like what you just said, Randy, like me and Cam talk all the time. And what you said is what he has told me numerous of times verbatim in so many ways. Like I could never try to go sell real estate or I could never go sell a car. He like the part of it, like, I just like dealing with people. Like, and mm. 
just meeting new people that that is fun i i can honestly say that is very exciting because you you learn something even if you don't mm. hire them or put them on the team but you learn oh. something just from the interaction yeah oh pl- i did my first placement today Ooh. so yeah hey so my- yo was that one we talked about cam the one we talked about yes that the one? friend of okay. mine the friend of mine who yeah. who who oh, yep yeah. so uh we talked last week um you know, I, I, I grilled them for the job requirements. Like, what do you want? What do you not want? And, um, you know, Thank through you. one of the, through, through somebody else, uh, just like yourself, who I kind of talked to and is help helping guide me kind of along the way, found somebody, what is it? Two days or uh, yesterday, the dude messaged me back. I, I sourced him on LinkedIn. Um, dude hit me back, did a meeting this morning, buddy called me after the meeting said, all right, man, send over the contract. Let's, let's hire him. Outstanding. Congratulations. Yes. Oh, so, but it was fun, but it's, but it, you know, but it is, it is a thrill. Like I was telling, I was telling Adrian earlier, I was like, I feel so good. Like, <laughs> it was, <laughs> you know, it worked out. Um, but it was cool because, you know, even though, you know, he's a friend of mine, it, you know, we, we talked about the requirements and then I sent him something. He said, I didn't like that. I was like, all right, cool. Then let's, let's backpedal. Now, are we looking for this then? What is the most important that, you know, I, you can you don't do that with like cars and stuff, you know, but with people, you really can take attributes and skills and things like that. Hey, you may not have this, but you have that and you can build off of this, you know, and, and stuff like that. And so um, I think that's what probably one of the most interesting thing to us about recruiting is. You know, one of the things I learned early was you, you can't control people. Yes. No. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> because they they are they are an intangible you know that they are yeah they have a, a free will oh my god anyway you know, but anyway but um the uh the the issue i think is how well a recruiter listens yeah yes okay because uh i i got interested in there the, when i called someone up and i said look i've got this position tell me what it tell me about your own career what yeah. do you want to do next? What makes it, you know, it's not so much, I wasn't interested in, and this was early on, it was pretty, it wasn't so much interested in what they can do. I was more interested in what they want to do. Now, the big exception are people in their 20s. Okay? Oh, yeah, because we're all over the place. I, I used to give, <laughs> well, that's true, because I used to, I used to tell, I, I, I used to give instructions, uh, or I, I was, I was a guest speaker at a, at Menlo College in the, in the business section. Anyway, we were, and what I was talking about, there really is no wrong move in your 20s. Just don't commit a felony. <laughs> I, I'll agree with that. <laughs> because by the time, because because that's what it's all about. You mm-hmm. know, when I went through in my 20s, I had to do that. I was a business major and I needed to do this. And this is what I did. Or somebody studied accounting or someone was an engineer. This is what you did. Age 22, yeah, yeah. 23. That's what you did. Mm-hmm. It's not true now. You know, t- today, you try different things out. You know, 90% of learning is experiential. You've got to get out there and try stuff. Yeah. By age 30, it's going to be very important for you to start thinking more about it. So right. if you're recruiting people in their 20s, it's kind of like what they can do, but what's their expectation about their own personal development? Like what, what is it they want to learn? Yeah. You know? No, and I, and I think that's what made Roy and I very you know very successful when it came to recruiting because those are the questions we answered you know as you know there's there's different levels of of probing and things like that and so yes there is you know many many recruiters um 
they stop at that you know that that surface level hey what did you come here for oh i want i, I know i want to go to school great we're going to pay for your school let's sign you up right now da 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 but you yeah. know you know done and then yeah. you know you know and then the person comes in they're unhappy or they may flake out after the allure of the whole thing you know mm-hmm. goes they, away they do more research and mm. like they they find out more things and i like cam hit it on the head like it's that surface level and i think the biggest thing even now it, it's kind of like that that quickness to success like oh I got that one inf- that one piece of information that I need, mm. but that it takes time to yeah. to dig and dig to get that beneath surface level of understanding. And you know, Clifford, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think uh, people ask me, you know, about networking. What's the the best way to get credibility? Mm-hmm. Is you're talking, even if they might be a stranger, but the person you're talking to says, you know, hey, Clifford really heard me, really understood me, asked good questions about mm-hmm. and helped me get clarity. Yeah. Because nothing, because today, I mean, the, I think that's the highest compliment you can pay anybody that they, that you've listened to them. And this isn't about therapy or anything that you know, like, you might have an yeah. agenda of trying to fill a job. So what? <laughs> you know, who is, yeah. who is it? That, tell me about the candidate you're talking to. What's yeah. that? Yeah. You know? Yeah, that 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 level of understanding it, I, I think that's probably the most important part of everything that we do. It's just that having that, mm-hmm. that that deep, deep, deep understanding because it is it, no different. I, honestly, it kind of goes to when you're trying to buy a car or buy a house. Like if you have a realtor sure who understand, like truly understands your needs and what you're looking for in a house. That sale, that purchase is a whole lot easier. It's, it, it, it's, it's effortless because yeah. they took the time to understand exactly what you're looking for. And you can't, Clifford, in what you said, it takes time. It exactly. can take one or two, like in recruiting, it takes two, three calls. Oh, I wanted to ask you, but you made job changes in the past. Mm-hmm. What, mo- what, and were you promote? Did, did they find you or were you? being proactive in your own career. I mean, this is, this is important stuff. Yeah. It's not just the background, mm-hmm. but it's the motivation. Yep. And, and history can repeat certainly. Uh, but you know, if someone else was always making the decision about the career, I don't know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they, they're putting themselves <laughs> up for, they're putting their, 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 their skills up for rent. Yeah. And, and you know but what? It's, it, it, so it could, like it kind of makes me think about what you just said earlier too, like the free will part. Like I never really thought about the amount of free will because I know a lot of times we feel like, oh, we always got to have control. We always got to have control. But I think we have to understand that part of people got free will and not knowing a person has free will or knowing that or having an understanding that that free will can come out of left field and change the course of the direction. I, I didn't even think about that until you just said it. And well, there I it think, is. <laughs> like, I think about that. And, and done. <laughs> you know, so, I just want to, you didn't ask the question, Cam, but I, I do like to throw, throw things in here because we, we just have so much course. time, but people always ask me what the toughest part of recruiting was for me. And this, 
was over, as you know, probably decades of recruiting. And that was when somebody was so convinced they would, they would lie to themselves about who they were oh, as a person. Yeah, we talked about that. Oh. It, have you? I was just no, going to no, say no, that. No. It, we, we did, yeah, but I would like elaborate. Okay, well, we did. <laughs> it, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, how, you know, it's tough. They're so convinced. And one of the ways that, you know, I used to work, I used to come in the side door and ask questions, you know, to see how consistent they were. Give me, a, you know, like I was a, be, I'm a behavioral interviewing uh, mm -hmm. specialist certified. Um, and I would ask them about examples, you know, give me some, give me some stories, you know, and I could tell if they're making it up or not, but, um, but that, that would really tell me that th th this actually, I d actually did this and is there conviction in the voice and are they, uh, are, are they focused? And, you know, it's so, yeah. And also reference checks, <laughs> you know, the two kinds of reference checks, one is for facts and the mm -hmm. other one's for opinions, you know, mm -hmm. and never lie on, you know, I tell people never say see resume on an application. Uh, never do that because the resume is, is a marketing doc. The application at the bottom in little tiny print, it's an affidavit. And that's yeah. usually how, how reference, I'm preaching to the choir here, yeah. uh, but, but opinions should not bounce somebody uh, out of a job. I, I think if they misrepresent, mm -hmm. misrepresent themselves over a fact, sure. I got a master's degree. No, you got everything but, uh, but the dissertation. Not, you know, I've heard it all, you know. Yeah. And just tell the damn truth. However, however, we are looking at opinions here. That's why mm -hmm. some companies won't even let you get an opinion, a reference check slash an opinion, because that's just what, that's just what you're getting, mm -hmm. an opinion. And sometimes yeah. when I called a reference on a candidate, it said to me more about them than mm -hmm. about my candidate. Mm -hmm. or, wow. and, and, and in particular, in relationship that they had, let's face it, boss, the subordinate boss or the, or the peer peer relationship wasn't very good. It doesn't make one guy bad and the other guy good and vice versa. It just, it yeah. didn't work. That's where I start to go in about why it didn't work. What about that relationship didn't work? Yeah, it's true. And I think my, and my mom is dealing with that. Um, not that she, not that she has bad references or anything, but, no. um, you know, she, she did an interview recently and they said, okay, you know, we'll look at your references. And she's like, don't call my references unless you decided based off our interview that you would like to hire me. And then, and then, you know, pending a reference check, obviously to make sure I didn't do anything like illegal or immoral, you know, not only does it meet, you know, the same thing that you just said, as far as that shouldn't sway the decision necessarily one way or the other. Um, but also, you know, I get, I would say right now, there's probably a lot of reference fatigue because <laughs> everybody's trying to get a job right now. So if sure. you're calling references over and over and over and, or, you know, but you're never hiring the person, then eventually people just say, I don't want to be referenced anymore. Yeah. I, 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 I what I, what I used to do is uh, I'd go back. They felt like they were, I, I was the CIA as a recruiter when I was doing references. He said, I want all the bosses you ever worked for. Yeah. And their phone numbers, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and then uh, I would also, but for, for, for client candidates, I'd say when they ask for references, you always say how many and what kind or what kind yeah. and how many former yeah. bosses, peers and subordinates. That's it. Yeah. And yeah, you should be calling them in advance. Yeah. 
be, before they get the call. Sure. But one thing I never liked was what I call the backdoor reference. I didn't like it, Cam. And that what that was a reference check was being run be, without telling the candidate that that to oh. me, that's unethical. That's yeah. unethical. It's mm. sneaky. And I, I, I refuse to do it as a recruiter. I wouldn't do it. So you're meaning like if somebody applied for a job, you might look at where they used to work and on your own accord, contact that place. Right. And the thing, what I, well, what I'd want to do is tell the, all you got to do as the recruiter is tell the candidate, I'm going to call this person or this company to check on something. Is that okay with you? Yeah. If he says, oh my God, no, you know, uh, then, <laughs> then uh, where there's smoke, there's fire. True. Yeah. Right. Uh, so why don't you want me to call him? Yeah. You can get to it a lot sooner really get to it a lot sooner than sneak than trying to do, trying to do a sneak attack, you know? Yeah. So what, so what would you say was probably one of your, I would say biggest successes and, and biggest, um, not missteps, but maybe. Oh, sure. One, uh, in your recruiting career, like yeah. what was one of your biggest wins and what's one of the biggest, I would say fails or losses that you, that you got. Well, the, the, the biggest, I'll start with the negative. Uh, the, the biggest, the biggest set, but it wasn't, I did fill a job ultimately, but here's what I learned. Uh, so a startup company CEO says, I'm looking for a, C, a chief financial officer, CFO. I said, okay, great. Yeah. And I said, shouldn't we get the board involved? He says, oh, no, 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 I, I take care of the board. I said, okay. Came yeah. up with five candidates, took about 45 days. He liked them, I liked them, put in front of the board and they rejected all of them. Oh, wow. And that's where I learned about stakeholders, ladies and gentlemen. I did. Yeah. I, learned about, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I learned all about stakeholders who, you know, but anyway, so, so that, that mattered. And I, and so I finally had to go back out and do, I got a better fit. You know, I got an idea with what we're looking for, but it, it recruiters make their money out external do recruiters make their money on filling jobs and turning it over and new projects. That's how you make good money. And I had to go through, it took me like four or five months ultimately. Just be, you know, oh, so wow. I learned the wow. I learned the hard way. Uh, my biggest success uh, was uh, I, it's a good thing we never charged by the hour <laughs> because on, on this on, on this one particular how many hours you spend on that? But I, it was a, it was a job in San Diego. It was with TRW. They're looking for a senior VP type, and uh, because of my own network, et cetera, got my I got my uh, my one third up front. I don't know whatever it was. Uh, and I made a call and I, I, I call and refer me to another guy within seven days of mm -hmm. my getting my first check. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was the time when there was big demand for people short supply. So it's a different, gotcha. different yeah. planet. But I introduced them and I made sure they got together because this guy lived in San Diego too because GRW thought that they would have to, you know, yeah. move the guy, which makes it a really expensive. Correct. Ridiculous fee, right? So, and I put them together, and you know what? They they had reference checks that the whole thing went together in two weeks, and I figured out my my hourly was about eight hundred dollars an hour. You know? Oh my oh, gosh! My. Yeah, but that was but that was a fast one. That was a good one. That's amazing. That was, you know, in a way that I because see recruiters, rec you have to be, and I this I don't know how this is going to come down, or how it's going to land with you guys, but. You have to be money money oriented. Mm -hmm. You've you really got to love the money. Yeah. Uh, and oh. uh, but not to the point where you're doing a bad job, as we discussed before. But you, know, you want to close things out. You want to keep moving.
you know, it's, it's in a way it's a sales job. I, I've been on a straight commission since 1972. I haven't had a salary since that time. I've oh, been wow. living by my good looks and my wit. No, it's just my wit. <laughs> <laughs> my luxurious hair. It makes sense because you have to have a reason to keep turn, like you said, like keep turning over, keep going. Because it comes down to that complacency type deal in a way where yeah. if you have like salary to where that, okay, I'm good. Like I, I can maintain this, 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 and this. But if you have to always keep in the back of your mind, like, Hey, I got to eat tomorrow. It, it kind of gives you that little extra push to keep that turnover going. So that's yeah. what I get from it. Absolutely. No, I mean, it, I mean, it's, it, you know, it's, you would be you'd be remiss to to understand what the motivations behind it all are. I mean, none of us are working for free. Don't get me wrong. Pat, passion and doing a great job is is great, but at the end of the day, we have priorities. <laughs> well, one of the things we discussed, Cam, I wanted to bring it up in this in this particular one is I don't think working hard should be rewarded. I think working hard with I I think working hard with results should be re rewarded. And too many times in candidate with candidates over the years and my coaching clients, I really busted my hump for that company and they, they didn't appreciate it. And I would come back, what did you accomplish? What yeah. were the results? Yeah. And sometimes they would completely blow up their accomplishments and say, wait a minute, that, that didn't happen. Yeah. So maybe they were right to let you go. So yeah. this whole thing about hard work and compensation, no. I, I don't <laughs> I don't I don't buy I don't buy it. So, um, so I actually brought, Ooh. so I brought this up on our last, I brought this up on our last show and, um, and, uh, to see what the previous person said. And, and I think a lot of it is probably falls into the same realm, but obviously when you say it straight like that, um, certain people, like I know he brought up is sometimes you can't control the results, but I know that's, that that's something that you and I talked about too, is like, I think after yes. you said it the first time you were like, well, as recruiters, we can't, like you said, we can't control people, but as far as the results is concerned, like, are you doing all the things you were supposed to do to get to the end result? Correct. You couldn't control that person and so forth. Yeah. And it, uh, it, I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things we did talk about, I wanted to bring this up as well is it's always good uh, for anybody who, who you're, who you're re recruiting or a recruiter to say, this is what success looks like in six months. This is how we're going to measure you for performance. Yeah. That six month is a big one. Mm -hmm. Now, some people might do it three months, fine, yeah. depending on the job. But boy, both of you, you know, both the recruiter as well as the candidate need to know what success looks like. Correct. And if you don't know what it looks like, that's dangerous. I'm not so sure the job is fillable unless you're bringing this person in to define that. Mm -hmm. which is also dangerous because they could, they could define it. And you find out that thanks for the help buddy, but we're, we can't use you. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely, I know yeah. like that was something that um, another, another recruiter I had talked to kind of brought up too is he said a lot of recruiters are afraid to um, really dig into the, the client. Like, why do you need this person? What are they, like you said, what are they sure. trying to do? Are you trying to build this position with this person or would you like this person to step in and take over what you already have going? And I think 
you know, as always, people forget that it's, you don't just probe the, the candidates. You need to probe the client as well. You need to understand what the job order is for. And Absolutely. You, you, you need to make sure that you, you yourself at the end of the day, know that you can fill it. Like you said, is do it. Can I actually meet this requirement? <laughs> in, in a climate like we're in, well, it's coronavirus. It's huge, but yeah. I, I've, I've, I've been through a lot of recessions. And I will, I've always found out that managers have a tendency to overhire. Mm. We want this person oh. to be a great manager or a great engineer. We want them to be an influencer, know something about marketing and sales, have some operations background. And they go on and on and on. Yeah. And you're saying, you know, uh, no. <laughs> <'Cause that's, laughs> there's maybe two people in the country that can do this. And why the hell would they want to work for you? Yeah. <laughs> so so before you take a spec on, you really have to know what are the, what are the priorities, you know, you know, like mm -hmm. the top five yeah. you want them to do. And they should be able to find success in six months. And they're, and they're in, ah, then these are the five things you want this person to do. Yes, but in a year, forget the year. Let's just talk about the next six months. Yeah. Because right. we live in a very, we live in a tactical world now. First, yeah, definitely. And I think that's, you know, with this, with this job order that I filled, that's, that's the way I went about it too. They said, what are your, what are your three main things, man? What are the three yeah, main software go. development priorities that you have? And he's like, I want mm -hmm. them to be able to work in iOS and Android, and they have to have experience in this new platform called Flutter. Ah. And I said, all right, cool. And I, and I said, what, what are the wants? And he said, well, I'd like them to be familiar with this, but if they Good don't have you. it, not a deal breaker. And I was like, all right, bet. I love it. Needs and wants. We talked about that. You know, a need, you know, as, as, as human beings, we need, all we need is water and oxygen. That's it. Yeah. Non-negotiable. Needs are non-negotiable. Correct. Yeah. But a company, and a company only has two needs. And that's, yeah. uh, and that's revenue and productivity. Oh. That's it. All mm -hmm. the rest of it is wants. So the wrong question for you guys to ever ask a, a client is what, do you, the best question to ask them, I'm sorry, is what do you need? Not what do you want? Yeah. Wrong, 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 wrong. <laughs> need. What do you need ah. here to mm -hmm. be successful? Yeah. And that, that'll help you fill the spot, fill the job, I would think. You know? Yeah. I mean, 72 hours. <laughs> <laughs> He's wow. just showing, Cliff, Clifford, he just showing off, man. That's all. No, 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 he, 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 he's not showing up. Like, yo, he, he, he's showing that like, he, he, he got the gift to gal. We're, we're building this together. <laughs> he, he got it. He, he's running with it. Um, so what, so what, let's talk about your transition then. So at what point, you know, did you, cause I, I think we talked out on the phone too, as I was telling you, is I feel like all really great recruiters, eventually make this transition into coaching or mentoring, you know, they, they, they either get tired or of the hustle and bustle of every day, or um, maybe, you know, they just realize I, my attributes could be used more in a, in a coaching manner and, you know, best utilized yeah. and so forth. So what was kind of your transition? Well, I started getting tired of it after all that time. Yeah. I was almost going through the motions. I was still digging into people and that kind of stuff. But I realized <clears throat> that I was not in a position to really guide them. Mm. And I was doing more of a CEO would call me up and say, we're letting, we're letting our VP marketing go. Would you talk to him? Sure. It was an outplacement, but I really got, we spent an hour with the person mainly for, for good business relationships, you know, not for, yeah. not, not for anything else, but I really started to enjoy that. And then I hired a coach again 
and they thought it was time. And I started to realize that coaches, you really can't help people Mm -hmm. because people uh, have to do it themselves. People have Mm -hmm. to execute. People have to, you know, like it's all out there. Never pay for, never pay for any, any information from a coach or anybody. Uh, It's in the execution. It's mm-hmm. where do they start? Where do they start with their values and, and what motivates them and what do they like to do and, you know, et cetera. And we slowly build up their self-esteem if they're unemployed, but people love focus. The most mm-hmm. impressive people I talked to as a recruiter, and I talked to a lot of them yeah. uh, was, uh, Hey, this is where I've been. This is where I am now. And this is where I'm going. That's, that's what, a knockout. That's, what I've that's been a knockout. For the coffee, coffee with can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, I mean, they, they had focus. They, they knew they were managing their careers. That impressed me in the last couple of years. And that was one of the reasons why I got into coaching because I realized that uh, I could do a lot more because of my knowledge about how, the, how it all works in mm. the hiring process. Mm. Um, you know, I have an intake form and the one question, the one answer, the one question I asked that I pay attention to is uh, your return on investment for, for the, for the coaching fee. And I pay close attention to that, as I said. And the one, the one question that I bounce, I'll give, I'll give their money back is uh, I get a job. Because I told them I spent my entire life, my entire career studying hiring and how to build teams and all of that. And there are just too many moving parts mm. in any hire. And the thing used to bug me is when someone would come back and just say, so did you get any feedback on my interview? No. Or they were third banana. I had to reject them. So what did I do wrong? We well, didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, it's almost, it's almost, it's, it's so amorphous. I keep you know, ethereal almost. It just, it's, it's an art form. It, it, it's science and art form and their assessments. There's a bunch of it, but at the end of the day, someone gets hired. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's just, that's just how it is. Yeah. And the I know the art side. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, like it, the the art and science. I think that's the one piece that a lot of people really don't understand as well. Because I always say when it comes to to recruiting, it's about ninety percent art and ten percent science. To, to me, to, to me. <laughs> All right. Um, and, and, and fair. And it's because and it's because <laughs> you have to the the and the art is just dealing with people um and the reason why it can it can honestly fluctuate between from 90 to 80 and then it's like 2010 because even with the science part it's those i think you just said it the different little variables in the science of it Mm -hmm. that can dictate how it goes again just thought about that just now because i always said 90 10 but what you just said it can fluctuate between 90, 10, 80, 20. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Point. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> We're glad that you're evaluating. I love it. I love it. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning. Thank you, yeah. Clifford. Thank you, Dr. Thank you, Priest. <laughs> no, thank you, Father Clifford. I appreciate it. <laughs> I like, there it is. There it is. I I'm, changing, I'm changing your name. I'm changing your name in my phone. <laughs> Father Hold Clifford's on. calling. <laughs> no, I mean. I just figured out how to do that. See, ultimately, as you guys progress in your own careers, 
what one of the things that uh, we, we, we like to, us, us older guys like to talk about is, is wisdom. <laughs> you know, you start, you see so much of it and experience so much of it. And both of you are, I will have to tell you, are way ahead of it, you know, in terms of the people part. Um, mm. And, but you, but the, you know, and also, you know, I just, you know, you probably don't want to hear this. You can't go to school for this, but you just simply have to do it more. And, you know, when you can take uh, a flyer, you know, hey, my gut's telling me this, or my judgment is this, maybe, uh, maybe right now you'd, you'd move, but maybe 10 years from now, you wouldn't make the same move uh, mm. just because you're smarter, mm. but it's mm. not academic smarts. It's just, Hey, people, and you're, but both of you are paying attention to that, which I think is fabulous, mm. but you'll learn more. It just takes, I mean, experience. It just got to get out there and do it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and, and that's definitely, um, it's it's hard. Recruiting is rough. I mean, we've talked about it before too. You know, we Roy and I were lucky enough to enjoy it and already kind of have the you know have the people skills. We just needed to hone them. You know, um, you know, with with how we came into recruiting, there are a lot of people who get put into it who it, it isn't their first choice or isn't something they necessarily wanted to do. But there's a lot of growth that can happen there by being forced yep. to to be in those type of activities. Um, so, you know, and I think that's one thing I've really actually tried to push recently. You know, when I first started recruiting, I'm like, nah, be the best, do your best, you know, whatever, whatever. Now, you know, me and Roy were talking the other day and I've really changed and evaluated how I look at the whole message to begin with. And it's more so you don't need to be the best, but you need to take something from this opportunity and use it and use it in the future. You know, the, 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 Teddy Roosevelt, I got a lot of these, you, you poor guy. You know, Teddy Roosevelt, <laughs> you know, comparison to the joy, talking about being the best, that can, okay, that might motivate you. But when you start comparing yourself to everybody else, uh, mm -hmm. you probably never get there because it's so yeah. subjective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh. we can say, hey, he builds more than this guy. He felt, go ahead, Clifford. No, like no, you're you're that that sub that, that subjectivity, like you, because I say it all the time. Like we we always want to. You hear it even now when they're trying to compare sports players. Oh, is LeBron better than Jordan? Is is he better than Kobe? Like right, 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 right. That's that subjectiveness. Like stop trying. Like if I was in those shoes, like stop trying to compare me to another player and just exactly. Come Compare me to my standard of how I perform and what I do. Like, mm -hmm. why do you have? Why do we have to compare people to others to say Ex if they're Bingo. great or not? Thank you, thank you. You just changed it to Father Clifford. You did that, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why you oh, said that, that it out. That's a hot one. <laughs> <laughs> He might keep it that for all the rest of the episode. <laughs> I, I probably after, will. After all, we compare cars, right? Oh, by the way, Father Clifford, yeah. just to tell you, just to tell you that Michael Jordan was the greatest of all time. Okay, so I saw him play. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just before we move Don't on, about talk about not comparing. But <laughs> I know. I just <laughs> I want to see if Clifford, Father Clifford, come back after. <laughs> oh no! Hey, I've only, I I, did, I never got to see Michael play in person. I got to see LeBron play in person, and, and oh, yeah. just so we're clear, Amazing. I was I wasn't like the biggest like LeBron fan, but when I saw him physically play play in person, I was just like, okay, I get it. I 
I I get it. I legit get it. Like, he, All right, man. You got the you got the juice, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You you got it. Like you, I'll be quiet. So um, so I know one of the things I wanted you to talk about too, Randy, was you know with you being a coach, you had said that you have worked with some veterans who are who I are, have yes I have who are getting out. So let's talk about that because that's one thing I think we have inadvertently started to really address on our show is Mm -hmm. what is the plan when you separate and if whether you're a recruiter and or not a recruiter the people we have on the show really bring up good points it doesn't matter what side of the fence you're on these are things you should just know because the job market is way different than what it is for us right no kidding whoa yeah so so you know if we could kind of talk about that you know what are some of the things that you're seeing as far as marketability or, or struggles or things that people who are in the military now can really do to at least give them more of a fighting chance? Well, I, you know, in, in, um, in full, full disclosure, it was about three years ago when I worked with my last. Okay. Uh, so it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't during COVID, you know, so I, yeah. um, but he was referred to me because I was also an officer, you know, so, yeah. um, but times have changed as well, you know. And uh, so we chatted for a while. And my first, I mean, I'm, I'm, we're talking a little about methodology because there's no right yeah. and wrong way in a way to go about sure. this. The only wrong way is not to listen, you know, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, so we talked about Maybe. some of his, you know, I, and I had these assessments as a coach. I had these assessments. What are your values? What are you naturally talented at? Mm-hmm. And what kind of skills did you acquire in the, in the military. So this guy was a captain, uh, uh, Afghanistan, all that. Uh, so we, we talked about uh, what were the, the transfer, like decision-making transferable skills, decision-making, uh, an- analytical skills, leadership management. So we really focused on that to get away from yeah. the actual experience itself. Yeah. Uh, and that gave him, again, it helped his self-esteem. It helped him say, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's, and the values are important because every decision we make is based on a value. Mm. You know, it's not mom, apple pie or sex, religion, or politics. My God, it's not about politics, you know, but, <laughs> um, but the, the, but the idea is that when he feels like he's a whole person, he's got something to contribute. Mm-hmm. That's just the first part. <laughs> the other part is to uh, talk to people who have made it, who've made the transition mm-hmm. and how did they do it? And they almost always know someone that got out, uh, maybe not the same time they did, but they were successful and maybe they had a methodology and they talked to people. Uh, what this, this particular fellow did is he went, it wasn't for an NGO, but it, was, it, was, it wasn't really a private organization, but it was, something, it was not the military either. It was something, uh, I can't remember now. Maybe I, maybe I can't remember because it was somewhat, somewhat secret in nature, but the idea was, but he stepped out and telling him, this is what I'm at, and this is what I love, what I love to do. And see, that's what sells in any interview is a person has both feet on the ground. They're talking from their values. This is who I am. This is what I do. Yeah. Never got into the combat stuff. Never did. Didn't have to. Mm. It wasn't relevant. The key word is always relevancy. Your candidate, the needs. Your candidate, the needs. Mm-hmm. In this case, my client, the needs of the organization. That's what he focused on. He got the job. Yeah. Now, I, I'm not trying to oversimplify this, but no, oh, yeah. There, there was a shift in thinking, certainly. Yeah. But I mean, he. I like the guy. 
Yeah, for sure. And that's I don't know if I answered helpful. your question or not, but that's we, we always go through the assessments. I always want to know what their DNA is because every decision you make is based on a personal, so whether it's personal, professional, every decision you make is, is on a value, everyone. Mm -hmm. And why that's important is when you network and create relationship, there's congruency of values. Yeah. And that's, that's critical in any mm -hmm. fit. That's critical. Mm. Because no, if yeah, you're yeah. not speaking through, if you're not speaking through the filters of your values, you're wearing a mask and it's not going to help. Yeah. No, and no, and that's you answered it, and that was something actually I saw. Uh, I think I saw yesterday, someone else had posted about that is the relevancy. They said, "Hey, sorry to sorry to say," and I think it was actually it was aimed at veterans, and it was like, "Hey, sorry to say this, but if you can't find a way to make what you've done in the military relevant for the job that you're doing, you're not going to have a fighting chance." And it doesn't mean your but, specific job necessarily, well, like you were saying. I would disagree that a little bit, Cam. Yeah, it's it's not about making. Okay, I I go back a ways. It's not about digging foxholes, you know, with <laughs> with an entrenching tool. You know, it's yeah. not about. I was I was in the army. It was it wasn't about that. Yeah. What it was about was the the, the soft skills. Yeah. You know, I mean, yes, if you were, uh, oh boy, it's been a while. Uh, if you were in the artillery or whatever, and you did things a certain way, and you put big big shells into into howitzers, and that's all you did. Okay. Maybe working at a Costco or something. I don't know. Or working in a warehouse. No, and you know, but yeah. the military is much better about rotation and uh, you know, and giving people lots of a different experience. So yeah, I in in large part I would disagree. The the guy should not be trying. The the, the veteran should not be trying to say, "See what I did? I want to do this for you." Yeah, but we don't have a need for that. No, but no if you lead with those, if you lead with those transferable yeah. skills, Cam, that yeah. helps. No, I think that's what I meant was the trans, like make okay. the transferable skills relevant to the position. Yes. That you're going Thank to. you, Cam. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. I understand. No, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> sister, sister Cameron, uh, father Clifford and sister Cameron. Not changing my mind. <laughs> 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 sister Cam. You just, hey, you, just made, you just made his day. He's going to tell He's going to tell his wife, yo, look, give me a kiss if you call Cam. <laughs> but, but I, I think even on the, like touching on that subject, those transferable skills that even a lot of veterans or military members don't consider are transferable. Uh, mm. Like it's just, we always look at the, again, the surface level, like, oh, I was in the medical profession, so I should be able to go get a medical type job, which isn't always the case because no. you check blood pressure doesn't necessarily mean you'll be able to go get a medical job. It, it's just those, the people skills, the communication, um, leadership, follow, another big thing I've been learning, like followership, like being able to follow and guide and direct and coach others. Um, we don't, we don't understand how valuable those traits are. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I, I've always said, you know, like I, I, I have my son's a millennial, millennial he's 28, but um, I've always <laughs> said to, to the younger people, learn how to be a good follower before you can become a leader. Yeah. Learn how to be a good team player. That comes first. Yeah. No, no. And that could take you two or three years to learn it. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things you can, because I, I, if I was screening you I, as, as an interviewer, I'd say, well, tell me about your team, your ability to be a good team player. And you'll have, you'd have good examples. Yeah. 
that's true. That's a uh, that's like uh, excuse me. That's like what Todd Simmons said. Show me your receipts for the things that you're talking about. Where's your receipts at? <laughs> yeah, sure, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so as we as we near the end of the show, um, there's two main questions we usually like to ask, and so the first one uh, is if you had you know, and I'm sure you've already talked about it, but if you had a piece of advice to give a recruiter, a salesperson, um, you know, what would be kind of the first little piece of advice you use for someone to get started? Talk to other, talk to recruiters about what they do. Mm. You know, and then one of the, one of the great compliments you can also pay somebody is, hey, your opinion matters. I'm looking into the recruiting business to become a recruiter. Do you have any time? Yeah. Your advice would be helpful. Mm-hmm. Three times a year, I get somebody calling me out of the blue saying, hey, I want to become a coach. Do you have any time? Never heard of them. But you know why I talk to them? Because they, count, they, they ask for my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, how that, <laughs> that's how that works. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> think know. I heard. So, yeah. No, that's that. And see, by the way, see if you like these people. If you don't like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's recruiting's probably not for you. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think uh what was it? Oh, it was Shaq. Shaq talks about how he he called Magic Johnson to ask him how to be better better with his money or something like mm-hmm. that. And um he asked Magic Johnson why why did you you know, why did you tell me all this stuff? And he's because you called me. Because <laughs> that he, he the first step was you reached out. <laughs> see, see. That's reach out. Gosh, it's not about, it's so many of us are so good at giving. Okay, I want to yeah. give to you. I want to give to you. And even to the senior people I do, to, I talk to today, easy for them to give really hard for them to receive. Mm. To actually do the reach out. It's really hard, vulnerable, weak, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But what, what, what they're doing is they're denying people in their network, that privilege, that joy of giving. Why would yeah. you do that? Give them a shot at giving to you. Mm. Oh, I like that. Write it down. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then, uh, great answer. And so uh, the second question that we always ask is, uh, when you hear the phrase, scared money don't make money, what does that mean to you? I'm I'm sorry. Say that one more time. If what? When you say that, when when you hear the phrase "scared money don't make money," what does that mean to you? Scare I'm scare money. Wait wait a minute. Can you hear me? No, no, no. You know, I I'm just not. Oh, scared scared money don't make money. Oh, scared money don't make money. You know what? I'm not sure I'm familiar with that phrase, but I can guess. Or why don't you explain it to me? It sounds like I'm afraid to spend money. Is that is that? Oh, help me here. Help me here. (laughs) It's something new. I want to learn something. Come on, do it. So that's the name of it. That's so that's the name of the show. (laughs) So uh, scared money. Oh, Oh, what do I think of the show of of your show? No, No, what what do you you, you think the phrase like when you hear scared money don't make money? Oh, what instantly comes to your mind? Like, thank you, pops into your mind automatically. Thank you, Father Clifford. Exactly what I said. (laughs) Is that some some people are afraid to make money? Okay, some people are scared when they have money. And you know, the biggest a lot of my friends got hit by the money bus. They, they're just doing well. They, they don't they have to work anymore. But you know what the number one fear is? Losing it. Day to day, it's it's obscene how 
every day they're afraid of losing all that money. Mm. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so, no, no. Like... I thought, look, at, we used to have a saying when, when I was in recruiting, money's not everything, but it's way ahead of whatever's in second place, right? No, no, no. So like, like Cam, Cam was about to explain it. So, but I want to, okay. I want to take the time to explain this one. <laughs> so we, what, what episode are we on, Cam? 22. 22. We have had 22, well, 20 different answers. Ah. 20, so, and that is a, again, like I, I get excited when I hear an answer that I have not heard before, especially ah, well. when it comes, when it comes from left, like when you have the money, you're afraid to lose it. Like that's, that's, that's the, that's, that's deep, that's deep, Cam. That's, he gets ex- he that's gets a deep one. He gets excited. That's a deep one. <laughs> that's a deep one. That, damn, that's deep. Damn. I'm done. I ain't got nothing. Father, I'm good. Father Cliff. Damn, I just, I just dropped a quarter on the floor. Father. I just dropped a quarter on the floor. I can't find it. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, wait, I'll find it. Wait, wait, I'll find it. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Oh, yeah. That's funny. Uh, so, <laughs> we we appreciate it. Um, so this is the time where we, you know all of our guests. We allow you. You know where can people find you at? Obviously, you know we have talked about the the mentorship and coaching services that you uh, um, sure. provide. But how would someone get a hold of you if they wanted to take advantage of those services? Sure. Uh, thank you, uh, Randy at randyblock.com is my email, and. It's simple, www.randyblock.com is my website. Very easy. And I'm on LinkedIn. That's it. Man, you got your own website, though? <laughs> After his yeah. name. I'll have to get my own website. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, any last... Put your any stake down in there. Any, par- any parting words, Roy? No. Yeah, oh, right. man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, from the show, needs are non-negotiable. On both sides, needs are non-negotiable. <laughs> Once can be negotiated in a way, but needs are non-negotiable. And if you are a recruiter and working with a client, focus on the need, yep. but understand their wants. Understand That's right. Their Perfect. Wants, focus on the needs. Yep. Boom. Now, any parting words? Any, 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 any words from you, Randy? No, I've already had too many words in the show already. Okay. <laughs> no, hey, I've, okay. I've talked too much. <laughs> We're recruiters. We don't, we always want to talk. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we appreciate you. Thank you. You know, I know we talked, we, we only talked maybe a week and a half ago. You were amazing to talk to on the phone, which is why I wanted to have you on the show. So I appreciate you know, we, it, Cameron. Thank you. We appreciate you coming on here. Um, and uh, that, that's it. Cameron, can I can I get a link to this sometime? Hmm? Can, oh, yeah. can you send me the stuff, the link? I mean, to, yeah. to the show. Don't learn about ourselves.